This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Lock the mainstream. And we have made it to episode 161 of MSR Cast, the metal podcast for your pleasure holes. 161. Well, your pleasure holes, I mean, but your ears for that. You know, so I started on episode 151. Yeah. 10 episodes. I, I well, I was a guest on the first three that I was right. on. Uh, but now here we are, 10 episodes later. It's crazy that it feels like more. It's only been 10. It feels like we've been doing a lot of these. Well, you didn't You didn't really become full-time until like until what, six I, months ago. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we want to, you know, we want to start putting more of these out, but, you know, lots of stuff happens and we're going to, we have lots of great ideas and we're going to have another interview episode soon. I think yeah. uh, Hammerfall will finally come out. Yeah, I think. I'm going to drop that hammer. Yeah. Let it fall. Oh yeah, you're, so that's the that's the interview that was done before the album, right? Right released. before, yeah. well, it, it came out right after the album. I did the interview right after the album came out. Yeah, no, that's a good one because uh, I want to hear that conversation and too. And we, and we spent about ten or fifteen minutes just talking about geeky topics. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know what? One day we need to try to get someone from Megadeth on the episode on on the show, like a former member. Well, oh, yeah, there's plenty like of those member. now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Listen to that segue we're doing. Well, I, I'm I'm I was sort of uh, not not ups, not upset about the news, but I was I was just sort of annoyed by it because it's like why why leave Megadeth? Well, how uh, bad could it possibly be? Well, we're not okay, so we're not the most topical of shows. You know, we don't we we pick out topics that we want to talk about, yeah. even though even though they're a couple weeks old or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Well, this only happened what two weeks ago? Yeah. So for those not in the know. Um, Megadus is now a two-piece again, and it's it's the two Daves again. Yeah, it's Dave Mustaine and Dave Ellison again. Um, they're back. I guess the the back end of the band quit. Yeah, I, I, there's no explanation. <clears throat> Apparently, um, someone had went to the Opeth show the other day, and they ran into uh, Chris Broderick there, yeah. and uh, they didn't they 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 thought to ask him about why he left, and they're like, you know what, maybe I'll just. I don't want to come off as a jerk or anything, so I'll just leave it alone. Now, what do you think Broderick is going to do now? I, I have no idea. Maybe, um, maybe reform Jog Panzer. Are you? No, Jog I, I, th- I think no. that's done. No, yeah. I hope not. I mean, uh, from everything the last interviews we heard from Jag Panzer, those guys are pretty much done. I understand why they're quitting, but or why they quit. But Conklin is such a great vocalist, and they were such yeah. a, an amazing band. And they were on the and yeah. But I think the thing is with Jag Panzer is always the the delay between albums. Yeah. Anyway, but um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I feel like Sean Drover has more of a um more of a jumping off point. You know, like he can. He can just plug himself into a bunch of different side projects and stuff like that. Broderick didn't really have that much of a, like his own thing going on before he. No, but he'll probably do. You know, he'll, like he never had his own like his own masterminded thing. Well, that's what I hope he'll do next. Yeah, I hope he'll well, do cool. a full like uh, you know a solo album with different people on it and yeah. let his creative juices flow again. Doesn't know? doesn't pay the bills though. That's the thing. 
Yeah, but it's something to do until you get a gig that will pay the bill. Because he'll, yeah. he was in Megadeth for for fuck's sake. He'll find something that's gonna you, you be hope comparable. That, you hope he saved his money. Yeah. Um, or, or you hope Dave Mustaine paid him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm I've just about finished the uh, the Dave Ellison book. Uh-huh. Um, just finding time to read it all, and but and it's funny to hear all this stuff. It's like okay. Dave Ellison is sticking around. He's said he's not going anywhere. They're starting. He actually made a comment recently in an interview that they're starting to write a new album at the beginning of the year. So yeah, I mean, I, I assume they're not giving up. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they should. I mean, th- those two guys are Megadeth, pretty much. And if you think about it, this this the Chris Broderick, Sean Drover lineup, it's been one of the longest lineups in their career. Um, pretty close. Has it? I think that. Uh... You think the, Menza and Menza and Friedman were there from eighty nine till um wait is it was it ninety or eighty nine? That's a good question. But it was I think it was definitely from ninety to ninety seven. Ninety nine. No, no, ninety seven. That's right. Menza was out after cryptic writings. Um Yeah. I would love to see Nick Menza back in the band. I just don't think it's ever gonna happen. I saw something in the news about I that. I saw today. something he said he would Oh, of course he but would love to. I don't know what no. that guy's been doing. Here's the if you, if you go to Wiki, if you go to the Megadeth Wiki, they have that little timeline thing. Uh-huh. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, Dave Mustaine's been in the band the entire time. <laughs> There's like that two year period where there was like nobody in the band because yeah. <laughs> it was sort of over. But uh, Sean Droverger was from 2005 to 2015. Okay, no, that that is definitely longer than Friedman. Yeah, Marty or, Friedman. Or Menza, Friedman was at, yeah, 90 to about 2000. So about 10 years yeah. for each. Uh, let's see, where is Broderick? Broderick uh, was 2008, maybe? So. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Who was before Broderick? Was it just a rotating cast before Broderick? Uh, right before Broderick, let's see. Because Chris Poland had showed back up for System Has Failed. Al Petrelli was in the band Al, yeah. when they when they reformed. Al Petrelli, no, it was not good. <laughs> that was not a good fit. No, no. And then the the terrible, the worst Megadeth album of all time was "The World Needs a Hero." No, they did with no, him. sir. Risk. No, Risk. As bad as it was, had a couple redeeming moments on there, just like individual songs that were better than anything on "The World Needs a Hero." The World Needs a Hero might be one of the worst metal albums of all time. Those are some harsh words. <laughs> Trust me, I hate that album. I I got I remember buying that album, and that was the first time I I regretted buying a metal album. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a, a track from the world needs a hero. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, Dave hasn't had the best um, couple weeks. His his, and if you haven't heard this story, I'm not going to go into complete details because it's really none of my business and that kind of thing. But yeah, his mother-in-law. Um, wandered off she had um, Alzheimer's she wandered off from a campsite one day and they they spent weeks trying to find her and they they recently discovered her body she had she died and she they found her in a ditch I believe yeah I mean this was on the I, I even saw it on yeah. world news one morning like in the good morning America or whatever it's not it's you know it's sad man it really I think is. I yeah and, and that's what for me it's kind of like Broderick and Drover leaving right now it's like eh that's yeah. unfortunate timing. Well, it happened... Not, not that you guys are like doing the it on week purpose. Before, like that, that week and then that weekend that was announced yeah, it's about like, That's mom. a horrible... It was like the day after couple. Thanksgiving, too. I think she yeah. was discovered on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a rough time, so... 
don't know. I, I still, I, I've, I've always liked Dave Mustaine. I don't have anything really bad to say about him. I mean, there's plenty of people who do have bad things to say about right. him, and I'll let them do all the saying. I, I just think he's, I think he's cool. Yeah. So I don't Dave know. Dave Mustaine, you're cool, according I, to Sean. I just want another good Megadeth album in the vein of The System Has Failed. Yes. Or, um, no, I want The System Has Failed because that's my favorite one in the past like couple years, I think. A couple about, years. It's been 10 too- years since that album. I can't believe that. Are you serious? Yeah. That was their, their comeback album, wasn't it? Yeah. 2004. Sort of a Dave Mustaine solo album. Yeah, because like those, those first four albums after they, they came back were really good. Yeah, well, and then that Super Collider album came out and it was mm, Yeah, and so good. they can't end their career on Super Collider. No. I wasn't as much a fan of Endgame as yeah. uh, I just think they need to they need to realize they need to get away from doing um, shtick. You know, like you're Megadeth and you know what you're good at, so just be good at it. You know, just do that. Like you don't need to have a duet with Christina Scabia. No, you know, or you don't need to have like you don't need to cover a song that's already you already did once. Yeah, or you don't need to. Uh, to do the weird amalgam of like rock and metal and classic rock that they did on Super Collider. It's just, yeah. you guys just do Megadeth stuff. Like, <laughs> let's do a sequel to Rest in Peace. Well, yeah, but don't call it Rest in Peace, too. That's, uh, Queen's Rack has taught us many lessons. Yeah. And one of the lessons they've taught us is don't do a sequel to your classic album. How about Rusted in Peace? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's our Megadeth discussion. Um, yeah. I, who, let me let's, let's before we move away. Who do you want to see take their place in the band? Well, you know, honestly, before he joined Arch Enemy, I would have said Jeff Loomis. Yes, I would have. I would agree. He with would that. have been. I think he would have been more. I, I think I, it was I, his unfortunate timing because yeah, if I'm, he didn't join um, Arch Enemy, he probably would have joined Megadeth because yeah. Arch Enemy is a it's a tribute band to Megadeth. Most of the time. Well, yeah, and I also feel like he's probably sitting there thinking, like, oh, come on, you know? Like, he has to think, like, I could have had more space to incorporate my yeah. ideas within Megadeth. And more money, too. And Well, and more money, but also just, like, the idea of, he, like, what, like, he's not, if, if they don't let him write an Arch Enemy, or at least take over the writing process, it's just going to keep on sounding like Arch Enemy. Well, in the immortal words of Cartman, screw you guys. I'm going to Megadis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into a track before we, um, uh, before it gets too too long in the tooth. Let's. Uh, Friedman's never joining. Just no. No, he's never Friedman? joining. That no, he has too much. He has too much of a good thing going yeah. on in Japan. So that's true. That's he's over a, he's, with. He's a, he's a rock god in Japan. Yeah. And I, if I were him, I wouldn't join either. So. So here's this band that I wanted to discuss with you. Yes. I turned you on to him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They're called Triosphere. Triosphere. I, yeah. Tri- I, don't, even, I don't know what that means. But I, don't, I have no idea. I it doesn't matter. Um, when I, okay. I was sent this promo, and I've, I heard the band name before, but I never listened to them. And I was sent the promo from the record label. Uh, and the first, the first time I ever heard it, I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, this vocalist sounds very like – sometimes she sounds like a girl. Well – my my exact experience was I put I I played the album and I was three songs into it and I was doing something else yep. and I was like that was a really good vocalist you know yeah. and then I was like oh this is a really great vocalist who and I went and I looked yes. up on the metal archives and I was like it's a girl yep that's the same experience I had and I felt sort of bad for a second because I was like how did I not pick up on the fact that this is a woman obviously when when I listened to it I'm like obviously this is a well, woman singing 
you just don't expect that type. What, it, what it's doing is it's it's subverting your expectations yeah. because you don't expect that type of voice, that kind of powerful, uh, you know, very aggressive sometimes voice coming from a woman. With uh, you know, in the metal scene right now, um, there's either okay. Th- this is why we probably didn't think about it. There's two types of female vocalists. There's the epica, um, you know, within temptation operatic style vocals and yeah. then there's the arch enemy like i'm gonna be do some brutal vocal yeah. stuff yeah there her, I, I don't remember her name now do you know her name ida hawkland there you go ida hawkland yeah she has this um this soulful quality to her voice it's very much like when i first heard it it reminded me of evergrey that's uh, my 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 first go to is like this is like Ann Wilson with Doro Pesh. I I saw Doro. I saw yeah. it a little bit of Lita. And then I and I even went back to like like way back. Um, I can't think of her name now. She's gone. Yeah, I'm looking at you like you know what I'm gone. thinking about. She was a uh, very popular in like the '60s. Um, Carly Simon. No. <laughs> She's not gone. Uh, well, her, mentally, she might be, but. Physically, oh, you mean like a Janice Joplin? Janice Joplin, thank you. She's not, and she's not as a, like like outwardly like acidic as and abrasive as yeah. Janice Joplin, but she has that. Like the, the reason why I say Ann Wilson was because Ann Wilson had the ability to be to belt her voice. She could belt it, and she could, and it, it had it. Her voice carried, and and she's also supremely melodic. She can yeah. handle anything, right? And yeah, she's. Obviously, the star on the album, but I'm just impressed by how heavy and aggressive this music comes off as for a band that's fronted by a female. By the way, she plays bass at the same time. It's true. At, while she sings, I've seen concert footage of her, and um, I don't know. I honestly, like, I had my ideas forming of like, like, oh, I, these are the best albums of the year, and then this album came along. <laughs> yeah, I knew. And everything See, when I first heard out this album, of order I was like, now. dude, you need to hear this because this is like, it's I knew it would so be like right good. up your alley. They're they're a progressive heavy metal band from the, from Norway, mm-hmm. um, from Trondheim, Norway. Uh, yeah, Ida Hockland. Um, they've only been around since two thousand four, which isn't isn't yeah, that long. And, really. and this is their third album. They had the first one only came out in Norway at first. Mm-hmm. Then they had the second one, The Roadless Traveled, in two thousand ten. And then yeah, I mean, it took four years. They're, they're not exactly what you would call prolific, but they. I mean, it. I, I, and I'm told that the roadless travel is really worth listening to as well, but that this is a, a huge step forward for them, songwriting wise. This is the only album I've heard from them, but yeah, man, it's so good. I can't stop listening to it. I've been, I've, I've had the album for what two weeks or something like that, and I, I keep listening to it like every. What's your play count? I checked it. It's funny. I was talking to my friend about it earlier. I checked it earlier. It's thirty plus for all the songs in the album. Wow. Some more than others. I'm listening to that song Breathless a lot. Um, and there's a song called "The Spear," which yeah. is really, really cool. But so uh, it's just it's just really good, heavy, progressive. You know, you get think about uh, it's 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 more technical than you think it is, but it's not it's not like uh, overwhelmingly it's technical. Not, it's, it's not Dream Theater. It's not. You that, know what it is? It's 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 technical enough to where it's it's like. It's showing you that it could do that if it wanted to. Well, okay, this is going to sound a little weird and and a little strange, but the the first two bands that come to mind when I when I think about this when when I think about Trisphere is Evergrey mixed with Rush. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good comparison. Yeah, the Evergrey I can hear because it's um it's very dark, yeah. progressive yes. metal, 
the rush though that it's 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 the rush because it's not immune to choruses and mm-hmm. really like not even just the chorus like the verses are really slick and very uh, earwormy catchy too. good yeah. songwriting yeah. good heavy progressive stuff um the guy the who i think the the founding member of the band um he's, he's either the guitarist yeah i think he's the guitarist he's the the main songwriter but ida hawkland writes all the lyrics and the lyrics i've read the lyrics they're phenomenal uh and she handles she creates all her own vocal melodies so for the first time in a long time, I mean, this is becoming more and more of a thing with like Clementine Deluni from Serenity, but Ida Hawkland is a a woman in metal who's actually writing her own vocal yeah. melodies. Like, you know, in Nightwish, for example, Thomas Holopane tells her what to sing exactly the way to sing it because he hears it in his head. Like, and that's fine. That works for them. But it's rare to have a band in metal that actually has a female directing the, the melodic shape of the music herself like simone simmons doesn't do that i'm sorry no all you simone simmons fans out there she's you know they have songwriters in that band she's not one of them you know so let's uh, get into the track what is the track that you picked out uh it was the um the second track on the album let's see steal away the night and i picked it because it was the most like in your face kind of aggressive it's might be the heaviest song on the album uh, and it just has a great chorus to it. This sort of almost Dio inspired chorus. I, I feel like. I mean, he would be the kind of guy to to sing a phrase like that, you know. So this is from the album called "The Heart of the Matter," which is now available on AFM Records. If you uh, really want to, you know, know what they sound like besides this song, uh, seek them out like on uh, Spotify and things like that. I know the first two albums are on there. Yeah, I think that. Um the third album is being put up on chunks on YouTube right now. So yeah, yeah. So check them out. Uh, we'll be right back.
Listening to Steal Away the Night by uh, Triosphere. It's freaking heavy metal. <laughs> That's just That's right, that man. Song it's heavy metal. I, I, I'm going to have a hard time. Um, I hate that the album came in so late in the year because it makes me feel like the higher I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm having problems with the, 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 the creation of, of a best of list, but I feel like that album belongs on there. Yes. So. If you've been a fan of the show for the past 10 years, we have done something what we've called our rewind episodes, um, where we don't really do a top 10 or top three or any of that, you know, typical stuff. We, um, we, we go through our favorite album of the year, our favorite tracks, even if it's not even from our favorite album. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. And it is really in no particular order or, or any favoritism or any of that kind of stuff. Just the shit that we've enjoyed in the past year. Yeah. And we are racking our heads over here, figuring out what's going to be on our list. And um, that is something that we will be looking forward to um, right around the beginning of the year. I'm sure we're both going to mention Triosphere again. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they will be there somewhere. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, like like I said, first beginning of the year, we will be in, uh, demoing or not demoing, introducing a new intro to the show. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be 2015. We're going to do our rewind episodes. We're actually going to have a very special guest from the metal geeks podcast, which is my other podcast that I do all available at www.metalgeeks.net. Ding. <laughs> um, we're going to have Dave come on and, you know, he's a big metal head like us and yeah. he's going to give his, his picks as well. But, um, we, we've been working behind the scenes on a new intro for the show. Well, we've been conceptualizing it. We have yeah. to actually sit down in one day and actually work. But, um, the, the intro to our show has been for the past 10 years done by a gentleman of the name of Bill Bates. If you're a local guy to Houston, you know, the guy he's been on the radio on KPFT, um, three nightmares, the Jackula radio, all those shows, for shit, over 20, 25, oh, th- yeah. close to 30 years now. Um, staple in the in the local metal scene down here in Houston. Um, basically, he's my mentor. I actually worked for the guy in real estate for about five years. and Wow. Have, he's like one of my really good friends. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, right after we saw the King Diamond show, he had, um, I don't know exactly what happened, but he had um, an episode. Let's just put it that way. So he's been in the hospital for the past three weeks now. Um, not in, He's had a trachea in. He hasn't been able to talk. But I went and visited him the other day. And, you know, he was able to write stuff down. And I was able to read his lips a little bit so I can see what he was saying. And he's ready to get back into everything, man. He's ready to just... To be more, to be metal again, and just get back to life. Well, I remember growing up, like when, you, when you're growing up in Houston, you're listening yeah. to metal. That people would always be like, "Oh, you know, Thursday night, you got to catch this radio show." And I'd be like, "Where? When? What? What time? Yep. Where? Where do I go and catch it?" And then I finally listened to it one day. I was just like, "I can't believe this is on the radio." <laughs> you know, it was yeah. So it, he's hugely important to the Houston metal scene. He inspired me to start my own show here to start the podcast. I've been on I've been on his show many many times. Um, for some reason, uh, every time I used to go up there, I used to bring promos or stuff to give away. So he started calling me Carry Claws. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But yeah, I mean, if you're if, if you're from Houston, you know who we're talking about, and you know, um, there's talks 
that once he's able, you know, out of rehab and all this kind of stuff, he's able to get around a little bit more. He's going to be, um, he's going to have to have some help with mobility, I think. Oh, so wow. we're going to, we're going to be working on putting together some kind of a benefit show for him. Yeah. Cause he's done so many shows in the past, you know, to earn money for other people. It's time to repay it and make, you know, get him what he needs to survive. You know? Yeah. So let's go on to a happy note. Yes. Not now that we're talking about people's moms. Free Testament music. Free? No. You can, you can own you, you can own a part of a Testament song. Um, so this is sort of like last time we were talking about owning a share in Queensryche, and now yep. this is owning a song. You can own part of a Testament song. This is. I'm going to read from uh, the Blabbermouth article. Yeah, because I don't know anything about it's this. It's just so. going to it's going to sound very um, late night, you know, infomercial for yeah. a minute. Yeah. But um, I'll even try to use my voice if you want. Okay. So here we go. San Francisco Bay Area thrash metal veterans Testament are giving fans a chance to own shares of the song Native Blood from the band's 2002, 2012 album Dark Roots of Earth. Before now, the only people who owned songs were music industry insiders. And now, Testament in the New York Rock Exchange are allowing you to have a piece. That's the most boring PR rhetoric right there I've ever read, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, When you buy a share, you'll become an actual co-owner of the song Native Blood, along with singer Chuck Billy, guitarist Eric Peterson, and the rest of the band. Not only does this give you the ultimate in bragging rights, you also get an exclusive shareholder reward not available to anybody else. What do you think about this? Wait, wait. So shareholder rewards like royalties every time an album is bought or something? I don't know. I doesn't Okay, so here we go. The insider exclusive direct from the band, every native blood share includes limited ownership of the song, early access to the new Testament album coming in 2015, invitation to join Chuck and Eric for an exclusive online shareholder meeting, limited edition print of Chuck's handwritten song lyrics, and a foil embossed certificate of ownership to hang on your wall like a gold record. This share, uh, important disclaimer, New York Rock Exchange shares are for entertainment only. This is, they are not securities and do not provide a financial stake in the music. So, it looks like, this is like a fancy Kickstarter maybe. I don't understand, and how much do they want for this? It they, they don't say. say. No. So obviously a lot. I don't really understand what you're actually owning then, because you're not, if you're not, because when when someone publishes a song that they go through a publishing company that that provides them with royalties every time it's uh, sold, right? Right. So you're not making any money. You're not making money off the song. Not that you would make a lot of money off a testament song anyway. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm sorry. You buy soda sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like I heard these. I don't. No. I'm no. No testament, no. <laughs> just no. Slap them on the hand. No, just no. The okay, the Queensrÿch thing I can understand. If you had fifty thousand, if, if you were some guy with fifty thousand dollars, you can just throw around like like. There's my favorite band. I'm gonna give them money. And I don't know if they have. They say they have interest. We'll see. Um, that I understand because when if Queensrÿch gets offered a really big tour, you get a chunk of that tour. I'm assuming. There has to be a return on investment. $50,000, you're getting a return on investment. That I understand. This is a gimmick. Uh, the Testament own a song thing is a gimmick. Why that song, too? They say that's a song that epitomizes the, the, the band now. Okay. 
that I don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I didn't hear about this earlier. I just would have gotten mad about it. Now I'm just baffled. I think that um I think that a lot of these Kickstarter things need to be evaluated more based on the not only the the ability to deliver something, but also just kind of like how much money do you really need? And why are they why is Testament doing this? Your thought about stuff like that? Like why why do you need this or I don't know sort of weird fan investment? I I don't have an answer for you, sir. I really don't. I just thought it was very interesting as as like I don't know. It's not is it it's not even real, really. It's just a It's fake. Well, yeah, it's what are fake, they? But what are, it, at that shareholder meeting, they're going to invite you to. I'm sure you're going to Skype in or whatever yeah. they're going to do. What can they possibly talk can about? Can they just call it a collector's item instead? Yeah, you know? like I. <laughs> you could like, you got you get a print of the handwritten lyrics and you get they'll sign it or some shit and it's or, or they or they burn you like some some exclusive edition of the single like they only make like a hundred yeah and you get one and it has your like I don't know it's like engraved to you and it has like a letter to, I mean something cool like that. Something tangible, you can be like, oh, yeah, well, I paid a thousand bucks for this or something. It's not like you bought one share in Disney or something. You know yeah, I mean? it's so stupid. I would be, I would, I would feel like, I don't know. You know what? It's just a dumb idea. We're just going to move on. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just do that. It's such a stupid idea. <laughs> You're not moving on. It makes me mad that these, <laughs> I, I don't like, I, here's the thing. Okay. There's not a lot of money in metal. Everyone knows that record sales shrunk. You can't start taking advantage of your fans to, no. to supplement your income. Kickstarter is one thing because you're supposed to deliver something and your fans are trusting you to do that so they're going to invest in you. This is just a gimmick. This makes me more mad than the Queensryche thing. So, yeah, let's just move on. Let's move on. So, let's talk about the Opeth tour. Oh, yeah. You, you put this on the, 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 uh, the outline here. <clears throat> well, because I saw that you were talking about maybe going to the show on Friday and I was sort of sh- baffled. I was like, you're going to go to that show? Really? Well, I one of our fans, uh, a gentleman, his name is Brian, he wrote a great review. Um, I think it, it might have been in Minneapolis somewhere, the Twin Cities. Um, and they pull out some brutal stuff still. It's not like the last time I saw them. It was just everything was just calm and, you know, like from the last couple albums. Like like what song? Like Do you know like any so, – uh, because, I mean, when you're saying brutal stuff, I'm expecting – I just you know, pulled up their, their set list, right? Uh-huh. Um, they only play like seven songs on this tour. Oh, and one of them is, uh, one of them is, it's worthwhile for me to go right now. It's deliverance. The end of the set was deliverance, which the last two minutes of that song is the greatest piece of music ever written. No, I mean, yeah, it's a great song. I'm just thinking like, I'm trying to think back to the song, like how much actual, like there's not a lot of death metal vocals in that song. Is there? Um, yes, no, a little bit. So, okay, let's go into the set list. Eternal Rains Will Come, <clears throat> brand new album. Yeah. Um, you rolled your eyes. <laughs> in case you can't see that on the podcast, he did roll his eyes on that one. I mean, like, yeah, well, whatever. Fuck them. Uh, Cusp of Attorney, which is a new song. Yeah. Um, then we go into the Drapery Falls. Not very heavy. No. The More. Okay. It's old. It's, it's cool. They're building out It's not heavy. Old. Window Pane, that's the heaviest. Right. Oh, I mean, that's not heavy at all. It's a good song, though. Uh, the Lotus Eater. Okay. And then uh, Deliverance. Why such a short set for a headlining tour? Why not just kick... Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Why not just kick Inflames off the tour <laughs> <laughs> and play them longer? Well... 
Because I would, I would much rather pay the money to see Opeth play a longer set, and then see a band that has gone down in flames. Get get used to these types of pairings, these major band national tour pairings. Because, well, both in Sweden. Well, I mean, it, it, more just the fact that they well. That was like I mean, if you think about like logistics, smart yeah. decision, right? They can like share the merchandise transport costs and any yeah. anyway. But I mean, I understand why they're touring together. The, the package, I guess, for fans is is pretty good. There's value in money, basically. Like, wow, one ticket for these two bands. It's just that in Red Fang, they're opening up, which is completely. Yeah. I like Red Fang; they're good. Yeah, they're it's, not, a, it's a weird really, choice. Yeah, they don't really fit the the lineup. So here's so uh, here's why I'm not going to go this show, and they're coming to Houston on what Friday? Yep the uh, the day that this uh, <clears throat> episode comes out, they will be here. So, um, in flames, their their modern their uh, their last album completely shattered my my faith in that band. Like any little tangents I had, uh, or, or or you know wires i had that clinging to them is it's just gone now um and opeth even if they're including songs from their past like the the, the track list we just looked at their their purpose he's purposely avoiding their death metal past you see what i mean like he's going through he's he's looking into their past but he's pick he's cherry picking moments that aren't exactly requiring him to go up there and you know mikhail ackerfeld in the old way that we know right Agreed. And Agreed. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I feel a little bit like you know I've seen I've seen them in their prime and their yeah. in their past glory days, and Me it's too. like I think I'll just leave my memories there. I don't really want to see you guys now. And as much as the new album was an improvement over uh, Heritage, it still wasn't that great. It's not going to make my top ten list for sure of no. the year. Um, it's. I guess it's just, good, but it it's, feels it's like it's not memorable. It, it's weird because this show, for like for me personally, it feels like I'm coming to the end of something. Like the show's coming to Houston. Ten ten years ago, I would have flipped my lid over this show. <laughs> Opeth and Inflames, a co-headline. Are you kidding me? And now I don't care. <laughs> and what does that say about my relationship with these bands? It basically means it's non-existent. So, yeah. Um, well, as much as we did talk about them this year, I you know. It's true. We spent a lot of airtime talking about Inflames. Yeah, so I'm let's not even but, go there. But you're gonna go? No, I'm not buying. I'm not buying a ticket. Oh, okay. But you know, so probably. So not. if someone offered you a ticket, would you go? Mm, maybe I would get see, there late. Yeah, I would go. I would go to see Red Fang. Go hang out outside for a while. I'd maybe see a couple of songs from In Flames. Oh, how do you know they're not flip flopping, alternating uh, every uh, night? Yeah. Like In Flames one night, Opeth the other night. That's what they normally do when they're co-headlining. Damn, <laughs> you got me on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I. But there is going to be another show in town that same night. My old co-host, his fortieth uh, birthday, which is going is happening. He's doing the big show at Fitzgerald, so it's you know he's now in a band called Spectral Manifest. Hey, we're finally about to play. Released an album. We're about to play them in a second. Look at this segue right here. I'm the <laughs> king of them, man. They finally released this album. Yeah, he's been working on it for a long time. It's really, really good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. No wonder why he left my show. <laughs> it's just nice to hear these songs I've heard live so many times. Yeah. And, into a, a, a into real, an actual like oh this is what this sounds like. Sometimes when you're listening to Spectral at some dingy record store or club. You know, it's not the best sound environment, but it yeah. was always they were they're such a good band. I just 
I'm glad they got it done finally. So yeah, um, for those who remember Papa Josh, he was one of the uh, founding guys of uh, this here podcast right here. Um, was with me towards the end of mainstream resistance back in the day, and then we started the podcast, and he was with me until what, like two, three years ago. Yeah, it's, for a long time, man. Um, he con- he left to concentrate on his record label, which uh, is doing really well, and then his band here, and you know they're. The album just came out on Ossuary Industries, who we've had uh, Brian on this show before talking about his label. A lot of cool underground, brutal stuff on that label, man. I'm sorry, brutal. 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 It's definitely an emphasis on brutal on that label. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and get into one of the songs from uh, Spectral Manifest. Okay. The the track that I picked out, which is one of my favorite songs live, is In Shadows Unseen. Okay. Um, there's been, you know live version of the song before but nothing to this quality man yeah no yeah you know it's it's crazy because you would always go see them live and you could always tell they were like wow there are really good melodies going on in there and it's just nice to be able to actually hear them like the way they're supposed to be you know i yeah i definitely agree let's get into um some spectral manifest some local houston metal um can't really call it completely death metal or whatever. It's a it's a combination of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Let's we'll be right back. Okay, 
are back to episode 161 of MSR Cast. What did we just hear? The, um, um, um I totally forgot. Spectral Manifest? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I guess you didn't write it down if it wasn't on your no. manifest. Wasn't your destiny? <laughs> no. <laughs> wasn't your Spectral Manifest destiny to know that? No, it was not. Yeah, check those guys out, man. Uh, former co-host of this this very here podcast, um, Cryptos is what he goes by now. But Papa Josh, how can one man have so many nicknames? <laughs> he has. He definitely has a lot of nicknames. And people, I've I've seen people call him Cryptos in person. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Cryptos. My God. <laughs> We're not like, laughing at you. Dude. Like I call. Like one time, I actually called him Papa Josh to his face. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, hey, what's up?" Yeah, why not, dude? Yeah, <laughs> his well, his real name is Josh. So. My best memory. Oh, oh, did I give that away? He used to uh, manage a uh, sound waves on right. Westheimer and like Boss or something. Anyway, um, I used to go in there all the time just to go through the used metal section, and he would always like hook me up with promos and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember uh, the day the Blind Guardians. Um, 2002 album came out uh, Nightfall or no not, not Nightfall uh, Night at the Opera yeah I went in there and he had reserved the copy for me like hey you got it and we were sitting there listening to it together it was like good memories when you actually go into a record store and that meant something yeah yeah what's that a record a store that sells that sells music yeah it was wow. one of those uh, rarefied places there's still a sound waves in town but it sucks yeah, well, you still you still have a lot of local mom and pop shops. You know, Sound Exchange is still here in Houston. If you're yeah. ever down here, um, uh, Vinyl Edge is still pretty good for you know for metal. Um, there's a couple, but you know, just you know, going into like a Sound Warehouse or what you know, Sound Waves or any of those places. Sam Goody. Sam, yeah, I used to manage a Sam Goody. Dude. Really? That was bad. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't very much metal, but I tried to get metal in there. There was a mall nearby. Um, here where they they for the longest time they had this uh, i don't know if it was a sam goody or what but it, it was this huge store just a music store you're talking about fye or fye yeah. it was huge and i walked around going like this inventory costs a fortune yeah and they're not selling any of it it's it was just, a huge yeah the fye that was here in Kate the metal Mills section was, was insane yeah it really it's like was. wow i appreciate this but man you guys are gonna go out of business and like sure enough well of course a couple years later <laughs> yep just like How do any, you afford to pay employees? Any type of physical media, <laughs> yeah, brick and mortar stores, or yeah, we're not going. We're not talking about that though. We're going. We're move on. Moving um, on to the power of love from Back to the Future. Uh, no, from it's a, it's the a um, mysterious thing, right? The power of love from the Dutch metal for serious request, 2014. Yeah, so this is something that just came out. I wanted to. I wanted to sort of discuss this with you. Um, let's pull up. Let's pull up the link here. Before we start, what kind of title is Dutch Metal for Serious Request? I don't think that's the name. The name that's not the name of the band. <laughs> okay. I think that I don't know, dude. The name of the band, I believe, is Counter Something. Counter. I don't know. That's a good question. That's what. So that's why it's a little confusing. It's really not a band. It's more of a. It's an enclave of a bunch of Dutch of metal musicians and artists that got together to raise money for the Red Cross in over there. Basically, um, it's support of victims of sexual violence and abuse in conflict um, uh, territories. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's a good cause, and it's cool that all these metal musicians got together to do it. It's sort of like, uh, what was that song they did in the 80s with Sting and Bono and all those people? We Are the World. And yeah, all that. yeah, it's it, sort it, of like the metal version that, of that. Yeah. It does have that feeling to it. I mean, because they're covering a song, first of all. The, the song is... Uh, yeah, Power of Love. Power it's of a Love Frankie by... Goes to Hollywood track, which I've never okay. heard before. Yeah. No, yeah, neither the only track I ever heard was that relaxed song. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, so let's talk about the uh, people in the band. Okay. Um, so, the, I guess the couple of the couple of the bands that really started it um i'm trying to think where the name of this band is um my pro my propane i've never heard of that band never heard of them but either. that's like the founding guys from this project so you have um from uh vanderboist never heard of them Mm-mm. you have i'm going to destroy these names i'm sorry i, I really am um, then you have um, Monda Ophius from the band Nemesia. Nemesia, yeah. Nemesia, yeah. Um, you have George Oost Oosthoek, who uh, used to be in uh, Orphanage, who are a really fucking cool band. Yeah. Um, then you have Mark Jansen from Epica and Mayan, and uh, just a little preview. One of the one of those two bands might be in my top ten this year. Oh, because uh, they both put out new albums. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I can uh, take a guess at who it won't be. Who? Epica, <laughs> maybe you might be right. Yeah. Um, Carolyn Western Westendorp from the Charm, the Fury. I never heard that band. Yeah, I think a lot of these might be just like Dutch metal bands yeah. in their country, and I mean, they might be really popular there, not here <clears throat> yet. Um, like My Propane, you have um, Arjen Lukensen from Arion, mm-hmm. who's like one of my favorite musicians of all time, and he's a cute. If you if you go to their website, which is thepowerofLove.nl. You can actually donate and watch the video there as well, and download the track if you donate. And in the video, he's he's like holding a dog, a little white doggy, so cute. Yeah. Um, as well as Arjun, you have Diane Van Gersbergen from Exandria. Am I saying that Exandria? Exandria, yeah. Then we have uh, Within Temptation, Rude Jolie, uh, Charlotte Wessels uh, from Delane. Uh, let's see. We have Floor Jansen. Yeah. I hate to say Nightwish, but Nightwish and Revamp after Forever, who I was a big fan of. Yeah. Um, Simone Simmons from uh, Epica. Big surprise. Yeah. Um, Why no, isn't Sharon uh, Van whatever? Or um, Sharon from Within Temptation? Yeah. On here. Good question. <laughs> Maybe they had enough female vocalists already. Right, right, that's one girl too many. Uh, another Van Gersbergen, my favorite Van Gersbergen, and um, and Annika. Annika. Um, you know, of course, he's, she's, they have her down here for the Gentle Storm, which yeah. I can't look, I'm looking forward to that album. Um, Daniel De, Tong, De Jong from Textures, which is yeah, Textures are pretty badass too. <clears throat> and then Marcella Bovio from Stream of Passion, who just happens you know, to be in a band yeah. full of Dutch people. We're she's pretty really convinced not. that she's from South America. I I'm, think so. I'm almost reasonably sure that she's I from mean, South America. She's such a good vocalist though that Arjun created a band around her. So, yeah, you know. But yeah, go go download um, the track, watch the video. It's uh, all for a good cause, and we might try to throw the track in here if we have time toward the end of the show. Yeah, here's the thing: it's, <coughs> it's for not a good, the best track. It's, it's for a good cause. Yeah, it's not the best song. No, and the voices are layered in a way that I could only just be described as just really cluttered. And it's not the kind of song that you would like you listen to and go, "I'm going to listen to that again." 
It's a three. It's a three it's or just, three to four minute song. You know, it's with just like what it is. It's a bunch just, of vocalists, yeah. you know, thrown in there. It's it, it, it is what it is. But, you know, fans of female fronted power metal will love it. Basically, <laughs> well, don't call it power metal. Call it symphonic, symphonic, epic, gothic, whatever you want to call it. Dark, now. epica. Yeah. And if you like epica, you'll like this. I guess. Dark, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So good for them donate. for doing something. Yeah, it was just, just, just good. it's good to see metal doing something like that. Don't be a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nice segue to Faith No More's new single. Um, so we were talking about this. We were, I think we were speculating on this the last time, or maybe the episode before the last time. <clears throat> so it came out. Yes, it did. And uh, it's a motherfucker of a song. I, you know, I, here's I really like it, and I like the fact that it wasn't it wasn't where they left off on album of the year. It- which it's was not which a, was more of a cinematic kind of yeah long, you know like droning sound. I mean, you know, the songs are good and they're pop songs. And it's but, not and it, it's not the real thing. It's it's they could have here's our first song in how many years? Let's make it radio friendly. No, they went totally opposite direction. Yeah, but I mean, it's still catchy. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like, what I like about it is that Faith No More was always like, yeah, we're not afraid to be catchy, but it, this is probably too dark to be put on the radio. <laughs> but like, it's it's definitely just the. It's the most pleasant surprise for me because it's like they're sounding like Faith No More. It just sounds like they're picking up where they left off. Yeah. I'm looking and forward to the album, though. Yeah, I know. This is going to be great. You know, uh, on uh, Record Store Day, which is like, I think, Black Friday or the day after. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it They played Amoeba Records in San Francisco. I know. I saw Did the pictures that from that. Yeah. They I had, saw the video. Which is weird. They had a gimp on stage the whole time. And it's like, like <laughs> yeah. okay. They just do weird things. They're not explained. I I have I have so many interviews I've saved. Um, uh, I don't know. You're computer. such a huge fan. I well, I I was a really huge fan in the late '90s and like the turn of the millennium. They were like one of those bands that kind of like um, bridged rock and metal for me. Yeah. And uh, I they're, they're definitely underrated with yeah. being um, influential. Yeah. No. Definitely. They're they're just I don't know. There's Another two big words I use. The in one best. Sentence. If the only thing you know about Faith No More is epic, yeah. you really need to go get the Angel Dust album, Shit, yeah. King for a Day, album of the year. Those albums are just great, and they because they're such a. I don't know. Faith No More is hard to put into words, but basically, it's like they were. They were always. They were just a, this band of weirdos that were like their personalities clashed with each other, and they were. They're one of those last great bands where. The, per, the each individual member in the band has a personality, you know. And I know Jim Martin's not in the band anymore, but, right. but there's Roddy Bottom, the 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 weirdo keyboardist <laughs> who happens to be gay, also a he gay was, metal. Like, the first guy to ever really come out yeah. in, in, in pre Rob Halford. Oh yeah, he didn't care. He was on the tour with Guns N' Roses, and he was he was out yeah already. And it's like that, that's amazing to me. And um, Mike Patton. Jim Martin, they always didn't get along, and Puffy would sort of be agitated at everyone, and and Bill Gould was sort of like the mother hen trying to keep everyone like the peace in the, the band. The drummer, what's his name? Puffy Borden. He would be played for Ozzy later. Right. He's um, okay. Every time I see a picture of him, yeah, he looks like the dad from Family Family Ties with dreads. <laughs> yeah. Michael Gross. Michael Gross. Yes, I can see that. They, it's it's. We got to put like a picture of them together. <laughs> They're a great band. Though. You've never, yeah. I've never seen those two guys in the same place. Wow, I just yeah. thought about that. Yeah, that could be. 
That's just crazy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Faith and Word. Did you ever see them live? No, no. I I keep hoping they're going to do a U.S. tour. I was there at that Guns N' Roses Metallica tour. Yeah, I see. At the Astrodome, which is like the, one of the eight wonders of the world, which is now sitting there in yeah. disarray. Yeah. Yeah, Faith No More Live, that would be great if they could just – a U.S. tour would be nice sometime. Yeah. Um, let's move on to something new. Okay. Um, this is a band called Serious Black. Yeah. Why so serious? I yeah. <laughs> Why name your, your band after a Harry Potter character? I don't know. Well, I looked that up and Serious – well, yeah, it's Serious Black. But they Black. knew. Yeah. <laughs> they had to know. Because it was, Serious was spelled differently. So. Yeah. But yeah, this is a, I would say a power metal, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Melodic power metal with sort of A&R flourishes. Yeah, but it's a super group. Definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. A, yeah. Roland Grappau, uh, Urban Breed, X Tad Morose, X uh, Bloodbound, and um, Oh yeah, Tolman Stotch from Boing, X Boing Guardian. That's right. X Savage Circus. I'm glad he finally stopped mucking about trying to make something happen there. I, 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 for some reason, I, I have this feeling that between him and the X Savage Circus guys, like Piet and the guys from Persuader, I think there's some bad blood there for some reason. But that's just speculation. Um, Isn't it, when I heard? I think this is uh, Tolman's like his band. This is yeah. Like what? Well, I think actually Roland Grappau. It was his idea. Him and the bassist created it. Yeah. And they called Tom and they brought him on board and he was like, yep. And he's he's been doing a lot of the press for it though, so it really does appear like it's his band. It's a, it's a really it's a really catchy album. And like you said, it's, you know, very AOR adult. You know, if you don't know what that means, AOR is like adult orientated rock. It's sort of. Yeah, the term doesn't really yeah, mean that. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really mean that. It's sort of just, it just. It's not really super fast power metal, but it's really a little more accessible. It's very accessible and catchy. That's what that, that's what A and R means. But yeah, um, it's 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 surprisingly good for a super group. You don't expect that. Mm-hmm. You expect something on the quality of uh, Chicken Foot, which was absolute garbage. <laughs> so uh, this was a surprise. I, I listened to this. I heard the, the the preview that they put up like two a couple weeks ago, and I thought, eh. You know, I'm not really that sold on it. It sounds okay, but it sounds pretty typical. And then the album actually has more stuff that's like, wow, why didn't you release this first? Like, why are you releasing the worst song on the album first? Why do bands do this? You know, I, I don't know. And it seems like in power metal, this is a this is not a tangent because it's going to relate to a band we're going to talk about in a second. But power metal bands have this this tendency, not all of them, but a lot of them, to release the worst representation of their album possible as the pre-release single or album teaser stop <laughs> get someone else to reevaluate yeah, your tracks yeah. you know like in the album cover i'm looking at it right now it very much reminds me of something like um you know i, I can't think of what uh, it's the album cover looks like a split open zucchini is what it looks like it, it's just what? it's awful art and it's it's one of those great things where you can just put it on your iPod and just forget about it. It's just a horrible cover. But underneath that cover, it's a pretty decent album. Pretty good album, actually. It's All a right. couple really, really good songs yeah. on here. And hopefully we're playing one of those really, really good songs right now. Yes. Let's talk about the track we're about to play. Sealing My Fate. Um, this, was this, the, this was the first song that jumped out at me because it had starts out with this piano bit that's just this melody and it's just really 
really nice melody, and they kind of transpose it into guitar later, and it just makes it super epic. And it's just one of these songs that's uh, it's hard driving, but it still has that sort of epic flash. It actually reminds me of an Avantasia yes, track. It, yeah, it's you know? sort of bombastic a little bit. Um, Urban Breed sort of sounds like Kai Hansen on the track, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I like it, but there's there's a couple. We're listening to it earlier, and I'm like, wow, he sounds very nasally there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's overly trying there, but it's still a good track, though. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get it right into it. This is um, some serious black, some serious power metal right here. Yeah. <laughs> Behind 
You were listening to Serious Black Sealing My Fates. Man, that was some serious shit right there. Yeah. Seriously? Is Harry Potter around somewhere or uh I need to talk to his, Hermione. His, his like isn't it like his weird uncle that's in jail or something? So yeah, it was his uncle. Wait, no, was it his uncle? I don't even I, I the old man. No, no, like, it was it was a godfather. It was um Sirius Black was uh James Potter's best friend growing up in Hogwarts. Sure. And uh yeah. I know my Harry Potter history. It was our cast brought to you by Harry Potter. Yeah. It's Muggle cast now. Dude, there was a, a <clears throat> really quick tangent. I heard this Harry Potter podcast where they're going through chapter by chapter throughout the entire series. And like every chapter is an episode. It's crazy. I don't know what the name of the podcast is. So they're just is. talking about it or just reading it? No, they're like analyzing, dissecting. Oh, like, wow. oh, what do you think about the character's motivations here? Like, I don't know. What do you think Harry's doing over here? I don't, you know, it's just, it's intense. There's a podcast for anything or there can be. There is. And there I think really that's is. great. If you, yeah, that's the great thing about podcasting. It's you have a microphone, you can learn how to do it. It's like, you I have think so, this you should have be something, a show. You have something to say, you can say it. Yeah. Like, I want to do a podcast on backpacks, different styles of back, backpacks. Ooh, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got Jan Pack and. And like clear back. I don't know. We're not, we're not meant to be <laughs> the host of that show. So going back to the band we just played, what flavor of ice cream would they be? <laughs> Serious Black would probably be um, some licorice. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. It's, it always go with your gut on the ice cream thing. Like the first thing that comes to your mind, some sort of licorice cherry, maybe oh. cherry licorice ice cream because it's sort of cheesy, but it's black. It's well, seriously black at the same time. It's just very. I mean, I don't mean this in the negative sense, but it's very <laughs> fruity. It's very um, uh, tart. That that album, and it's it's. Yeah, I mean, cherry licorice, if that's a flavor of ice cream. Twizzlers. Cherry licorice, licorice Twizzler. Uh, yeah, flavored ice cream. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. So now we're <clears> going to have to go back through every band that we played on this episode and yeah. make an ice cream name. Okay, so um, you had some other topics you wanted to you wanted to bring up before we move on to our next track. Um, so we were talking about, well, I mean, you've heard the Christopher Lee Christmas single, mm-hmm. right? Okay. You can't criticize this because it's just Christopher Lee. He's more metal than most people. Yeah, well, it's actually not that bad, but then you you realize it's just his voice laid over some metal tracks and you're kind of like, "Guys, this is not metal." <laughs> you know? It's it's good for what it is, but it's not metal. There's no there's no coordination between his voice and the riffs. I saw the Hobbit, the last <clears throat> Hobbit movie already. I went to a sneak preview. Oh yeah. Like 2 weeks, 3 weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's it's all I got to say about that is they could have combined the last two movies together. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that. But so. it's, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. It's the ending to it. You know, it's good. It's a lot It's a lot more action than you expect. Hard to complain about more Lord of the Rings films, I it guess. It really is. Yeah. You yeah. feel like an asshole complaining about them. <laughs> Why are there three movies? Oh, just shut up. Right. Just give them, their, give them your money. Just, um, just give it to them. But, you know, the, all the attention's being paid on Christopher Lee for the Christmas stuff, understandably, because he charted with the last one. Um, right. Theocracy is a band that no one talks about, and that's a shame. And they're a progressive power metal band from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. <clears throat> Have released great albums. Their last one was uh, 2011, uh, As the World uh, as the world Bleeds, I think. Yeah, that was what it was called. And um, 
they have had a tradition of doing Christmas songs. They don't do them every year, but every other year they've done like, you know, they do like Christmas originals or they do covers. And they did a good one called um, Night of Silence. It's written by some uh, some professor or something. Wrote this song. No, it's not. It's nothing to do with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. But this song, Night of Silence, it's um, YouTube it and check it out. Okay. Because when you play the song, if you have another song uh, or an, like someone else singing Silent Night, it goes with it. So you can play the two songs simultaneously and Silent Night fills in the gaps. It's weird. And so Theocracy did an acoustic version of the song. So you, they can lay their acoustic Silent Night over it and it would all blend together really well. In fact, they sort of echo in Silent Night towards the end of the song. It's actually really cool. We're going to try to do a Christmas metal-based <laughs> episode right before the holiday. Yeah. We have time. Because yeah. after that, there might be the interview episode coming out and then it's our rewind episode. So that, be prepared because I don't know how we're going to get everything we want out into a couple episodes. We're definitely going to try to make it closer to the uh, start of the year than we yeah. did last this past year. Yeah, we're definitely... <laughs> we're talking be... about 2014 in March or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it a lot earlier this year. Trust me. So, um, <clears throat> Blind Guardian has a new album coming out in 2015. Yeah, and the single just dropped the other day. It dropped? Dropped. It's weird. Don't say that. <laughs> Um, you sound like a real radio DJ now. Twilight of the Gods. Uh, could Nuclear Blast find a better way to encode their audio files and upload them to YouTube? Like, it's the most dismal sounding, like, quality. It's like they record, it's like, it's not even 192. It has to be lower than that. It's Maybe. so awful. Yeah, it's compressed like hell. I know, and they do this all the time. And it's so infuriating, especially when you're... It's Blind Guardian. It's the first new music in four years. Just, I don't know. <laughs> take make it a little, good? yeah. Make it sound good. You because you you've heard the actual studio quality of the, yes. of the and it sounds good, right? Yes. The song is good. I mean, I thought the song was like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to hear from Blind Guardian. I'm sure that it's going to be a situation where we when we hear the entire album, I'm almost a hundred percent positive this will be the the. the the weakest track on the album. Say, you think it's gonna be the weaker track on the album? I I do feel that way because not not that Blind Guardian has a like a real history of doing that, but it just seems like something that it, you know what this this song just seems like something that was maybe recommended by Nuclear Blast to be like the first single. Yeah, like as opposed to like you know Blind Guardian, for example, a, a Night at the Opera they released. Um, uh, the 14 minute long song and then there was silence as the first single for 2006 it was more of uh they released the commercial single fly right. as the pre-release single of the last album i think it was more of a blind guardian this year they released sacred worlds first it was like the the eight minute long epic well that <clears throat> sacred song was the same song to a video game sacred Sacred yeah, too, yeah. exactly. And so it was sort of that and blind guardians tie-in. in that fucking game yeah which is weird you have to do a quest for him you're like hey it's blind guardian okay and so Twilight of the Gods is is one of those things where I, th- I feel like it's like maybe the label leaned on them a little bit. Like, oh, we'll do this one. Because I think the band finishes their album. They're like, okay, here here's the album. Listen to it. What do you think we can use to promote? And they're like, this one. It's like, okay, whatever. It's the safe It's the safe it's one. It's the safe one. I mean, the chorus is good. I think the verses are a little clunky sometimes. Not, not that it prevents me from enjoying it, but there is sort of a... You do have roasting glasses when you're looking at Blind Guardian. You're sort of like, finally, new music. Four years. Every four years, Blind Guardian. 
And so it's not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, my optimistic side is telling me that it's going to be the weakest song on the album. Maybe. You know. Let, let's find out. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of good music coming out in now, in like early 2015. Today, I just got a promo in, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but for that Level 10 band, which is another power metal super group. Yeah, the Russell Allen. Russell Allen, yeah, which the, thankfully is not. you played. Yeah, thankfully he's not Adrenaline Mob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because when Russell Allen wants to sing, he can really sing. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, Alan Land just came out this year, too, which is pretty damn good. Let me tell you something. That album, for the most part, was pretty... It, I thought it would be good. And I, I I think the first thing I heard was Lady of Winter. And I was like, man, this this album seems to be really great. And I listened to the entire thing, finally, like a couple times through. And I was like, no, Lady of Winter is the best song on that yeah, album. Yeah, it really is. So, Level 10 is a band um, uh, coming out. Uh, the album's called Chapter 1. Uh, comes out in January in America and then in Europe as well. So, Russell Allen, like we said, Symphony X. You can definitely hear the Symphony X style on some the track that we heard earlier. Yeah. Um, Matt Sinner. It's, so, it's basically those two. It's it's their band. It's their baby. Matt Sinner from, you know, he's also in Primal Fear now. He's in, He has his own band, Sinner. Been around for a long time. Um so who else is in the band? We have uh, Randy Black, uh-huh. who just left Primal Fear. Yeah. Now he's in this band. Um, you have, uh, let's see, uh, Roland Grapow. Big surprise. Wow. Next <laughs> Halloween. Oh, my this God. This guy just popping up everywhere. I know, right? Um, uh, Alessandro Del Vecchio, Voodoo Circle. Yeah. Wasn't he? Um, and then there's a guy named Alex Bayrote, who's From, also um, in Primal Fear now. Primal Fear and from uh, are we gonna forget this name again? Or, like uh, we were talking about this earlier. He's in Voodoo Circle and uh, so, oh my god, we forgot the, we forgot the name of the band. Why Silent Force? Yeah, Silent, yeah he, Silent he's Force. the main guy in Silent Force. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, but don't go in expecting this is a uh, another Primal Fear band. It, it sounded like Adrenaline Mob meets Symphony X, honestly. Yeah, it, it, it does have a little bit of, like like we just mentioned before, some AOR quality to it. So it's it's not as, um, I'm not going to say inaccessible as like Primal Fear, but Primal Fear is, is a certain style, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, Prime, I'm Primal looking forward to is, Primal Fear owes more to Judas Priest than anybody. Fuck yeah, they do. Um, did you listen to the new Orden Ogon single? I did. What did you think? Um, not as catchy as I was. Not as catchy as I was hoping it was going to be, but um, I've only, I've only listened to it once. Yeah, and because the last album there was some, it was like infectious tunes. The right last away. album was great. Yeah, but if you are a fan of Blind Guardian, you're going to like Orden Ogon. Orden Ogon. Orden Ogon. Yeah. yeah. Another another awful name, but um, awful name. Great band. Yeah. Well, they're just a, they're just one of those bands I think of as fun. They're because they're playing a, a sound that I know where their influence is coming from. I don't really take their lyrics all that seriously because honestly, yeah. they're a lot of nonsense. But um, so we'll probably um, we we will uh, you know we'll, we'll talk about more of their album. Digest later the on. album yeah. a little bit more, and then we'll probably play something on the next episode. Um, we totally missed talking about the new Evergrey album back when it came out. Yeah, I'm not did. I'm not a big fan of the band. Really, honest to me, I'm just like. I was Recreation for, Day. Recreation Day is one of my um, favorite albums. I like Wrong as the the song off the last album. But mm. I like this new song, this King of Errors song, but the video came out in September. I totally missed the video. <laughs> the video was pretty fantastic. Um, so the director of the video is Patrick Ueyes of Revolver yeah. Film Company. 
I normally like no crazy fire effects, especially on my blog. I, I rip this guy like a lot. Like, I mean, just he, he's the guy who, if you ever see a metal video and it looks really glossy and it has a lot of pyrotechnics and lights and stuff, a lot like of green that, screen shit, like any Amaranth or Inflamed videos, that's the guy who's directing it. And yeah. he's just kind of like a one trick pony, it seems like. This one, not not so much. But this video for Evergrey, he did it, and him and the band worked together on the concept. I read an interview with uh, uh, with Tom England where he explained a lot of the like the decision making and stuff. And um, yeah, it's such it's maybe one of the best like metal music videos I've seen in I can't remember. It's it's ambitious in the way that music videos aren't anymore. Yeah, especially for bands that don't have budgets. But they were. Um, but you know the budget doesn't look okay. I'm coming from a film background. I, I went to film school and all this stuff. Yeah, you get a good a good cinematographer. Yeah, you get a decent camera, which is what they have, and a good lens and a helicopter. <laughs> and, well, you know, it's not a helicopter; it's drones. Is it really a drone? You you, you don't have to get a full size helicopter to do that wow. shit anymore. You can get a good drone to carry um, a camera that weighs about ten pounds, and you have beautiful shots like that. That's amazing that yeah. they did. That. Okay, so if you haven't seen the video. Okay, it's a seven-minute long video. It opens up with him and like rolling down this river, the singer of, of Evergrey, and yeah, about the two-minute mark when the song opens up and the chorus kicks in, it zooms out to this expansive kind of cinematic shot of this um, gantry crane in on the the river of Gothen by Gothenburg in Sweden. Um, it's the Eriksberg crane. It's kind of like a a monument in Sweden. Like oh, they, is it? they, it's it's decommissioned. I'm, I think it's partially decommissioned. They still use it for things sometimes. But basically, Gothenburg used to be a big uh, shipbuilding city right. in the 70s. Um, so anyway, they they have classified this thing a landmark. And you can apparently like, go up there and like book it now because like, the owners of it are trying to create it, like uh, make it a tourist attraction. And um, oh, Imagine the liability of having people on that thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the, the, the specifics were, but somehow Evergrey managed to get themselves on top of this thing. Yeah, in film, and, yeah. I mean, basically, if you can imagine there's a river, there's a, there's a construct that is going up over the river, and it's really narrow, and it's really high up the ground. In fact, you can see how high it is because the, the apartment buildings, these apartment high-rises, quote-unquote – they're right next to it just look like little shrimp in comparison yeah and it's just one of the coolest things i've seen a metal band do and i can't remember how i mean it's just it's guns and roses-esque in in its um <laughs> in its scope in its scope yeah. in its vision it's like i mean there's there's swooping cameras over these guys as they're playing it's just i, I was just really happy to see someone do it and kudos to patrick Uleas for actually jumping out of his box and doing something like different and it's so good like um Kudos to Evergrey. I, I normally just don't pay attention to that band, but they got my attention. With I this. really like the album that came out this year. I'm, I need to listen to it. It's really, really good. I'll um, always give them a shot, I guess. You know what bothers me about Evergrey? Their font on when they write their font. Really? It's a very um, American, Westernized, like American. That's what bothers you about it, the it, band. It, it looks like the the font of yeah. an American rock band. Yeah. Who's like trying to establish like street cred in America? That bothers me. <laughs> like it's do something not so hot topic ish looking, you know? Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I've never thought about that before. But you might I, little preview of the our, our, our rewind episode, you might find a track from that album 
um, as one of my favorites. Oh, good. Maybe not the album in its entirety, but it's a really fucking good album. Yeah. There's so many good albums this year. Yeah. Last year wasn't as much. It, it was very easy to pick my top last year. You know what I mean? This year has been definitely a lot harder. Well, it, this, it, it just, it's been harder for me just because I've listened to more albums this year, just sheer quantities of um, yes. than I ever have ever. So, You know what album I just really got into? And I've never heard of this band before. I've always heard of them. But I just never gave them the time of day. It's Moore's Principium E-Est. E-S-T? E-S-T. I've, I don't know how to pronounce it. But, um, yeah, they just put a new album out. Um, I'm going to pull this up real quick. The album is called Dawn of the Fifth Era. 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 E-R-A. Um, really fucking catchy, um, you know, Swedish style, you know, melodic death metal. But these guys are from Finland, right? Yeah. So this is another th- weird thing because it's like Sweden's no longer the home of melodic death metal. Finland is. It's true. Like, And the vocalist, he reminds me... Of Demi Borgir. I was going to say sort of Alexi Leho-ish, but I mean, he's no. d- deeper voice than Alexi. That, There's definitely. definitely parts on this album where he sounds like Shagras. I was like, wow. Yeah, I could hear that, yeah. it's. I, I'm such a, um, I've becoming such a huge fan of this band just yeah. by this album. I've only listened really, to it really a couple good. times, but I mean, I liked what I heard. And I, the track we're going to play, I really like that track. And you know, most of my favorite bands come from Finland, so... Yeah, and there's something I don't know. It's just it's just really interesting to, to note that like melodic death metal has changed, and it's and it's been ge- it's been also geographical. It's just strange. It's like when I think about the best melodic death metal bands, like I, there's not one of them right now that's coming from Sweden. It just blows my mind. It's Finland. It's Germany. It's New Zealand. You know, uh, with um, New Zealand, uh, Bellacore, who oh, released yes. a great album a couple I years was ago. Say the Hobbit. Um, yeah, but the hobbits. Uh, uh, it's a shame. Sweden. Sweden's not really doing anything in, in terms of. Well, not as far as melodic death melodic metal, death but, metal, but I mean, I don't know. I think that's a shame. There's something. Something's going on in Sweden right now. Like the the old guard is sort of falling. The biggest band coming out of Sweden right now is Sabaton. Very clearly, they're the well, biggest yeah. band. Well, you still got you know obituary but, um, putting out stuff, and I feel like. There's nothing. You see, you didn't even catch what I did there. Well, I was, I was, I was. You're like, I was you're not from Sweden. <laughs> well, you know, can you think of a band from Sweden that has made an impact in the past couple of years aside um, from for, aside from Sabaton? Honestly, I can't. Not really. No. Evergrey. I mean, they're from Sweden. Yeah, but they've been around for twenty Eight, years. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Years, you know? Weird. Well, Sabaton's been around for a long time too, but they're fucking hitting it huge everywhere. Yeah, might be on one of our top tens. Our rewind. Isn't it crazy how in the nineties, power metal was coming from from Finland, Stradivarius, and and all those bands, and yeah. Nightwish and Sonata and now in, in Sweden well, was Nightwish is not power metal. Well, I mean, I you know what I mean. Like they're along the same veins. Okay, you know. Um, and then it, and, and it was, you know, melodic death metal coming from Sweden. You and death metal from Sweden. Yeah. But, but you still, like, it was, well, okay, that, yeah, but that marked the transition. That's, yeah. like, where the, everything shifted all of a sudden. Now it's it's definitely, I don't know. I have to think about this more. I, there's something going on here. I would rather much listen to any melodic death metal band <clears throat> from Finland than Sweden any day right now. I feel like the style 
of mo- like what melodic death metal is lends itself more to the Finnish identity and and their yeah. sense of melody and what and melancholy, you know, instead of um, where in Sweden it was more like Iron Maiden influenced melody, yeah, dispersed through an ABBA filter, an ABBA childhood filter. <laughs> these guys had, you know. Wow, that was that's pretty on the nose on the spot right there. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Finland yeah. is it's very dark and it's uh, broody. More, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's sentence. It's se- yeah. This is yeah. We're gonna have to th- we're have to think about this a lot. I know we got to do a whole episode. Yeah, like versus we just take one one side of each, of, of the of each. You, you say Sweden, I say Finland. It would be uh, you know it would be interesting to track the releases. Mm-hmm. Over the past fifteen years, uh, geographically, and track them on a, like a like a time chart of like when they were out. I might, if you have time to do that, I please, might do that. <laughs> please do. I, I don't. Uh, let's get into the band uh, Moore's Principium. Principium est. I don't. I have no Someone idea. Someone, please help us. How, how do the, you say that? E- EST established. What is it? Is it no? Because it would have to have the period after. All right. But I can tell you what it means. <clears throat> it's uh, Latin for death is the beginning. Oh, so it's just a phrase. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. It's not just an affectation they threw on at the end. No, it, cool. it actually it actually does mean something. Okay, so yeah, this is uh, a track from the brand new album Dawn of the Fifth Era. Era. How come I can't say the era? Era. Error. Yeah. Era. Let's uh, listen to this band. We'll be right back. Yeah.
to the show i am one of your hosts i am carrie g i'm sean the metal pigeon that's right thanks for uh, tuning in to this uh episode of msr cast we've been bringing you some hopefully what you if you enjoy it some great metal and some cool <laughs> topics yeah. yeah um where were we're, we just uh, listening to we just heard um the band is called moore's principium est est yeah it's a latin phrase we figured that out yeah that's as much so, as we know so far. <laughs> yeah, we are butchering their name by calling them by, by using the EST. But I really fucking dig in this album, man. It's um it's, it's jumped up to my favorites like quick. Yeah. It's a shame that some of these good albums are coming so late in the year, but I uh, know, it really is. It's it's hard to okay, it's like I've already made my decision of who what my favorite album is, but then it no, 
this is jumping up. Okay, this one has to go out. It it, it makes it very difficult. I'm guys. sure. I, I know. I know what listeners are probably thinking right now is like, what are you guys like? Who cares? Like, just like listen to it. You know, right? But if you write metal stuff or if you're doing podcasts, like this is kind of like the crunch time of the year for like I, I write the Metal Vision blog, and for me, I, I have to get my stuff out before Christmas. So like. Like yeah, this album arrived in my lap like about a week ago, and it's good. But I really don't have a lot of time to spend with it. So by the time I like finally realize it's going to be like a really brilliant album, it'll be like February. Yeah, and I'll feel like, an, like a jerk for missing it. So, so let's let's move away from uh, any topics here. What's been going on with you? Have you uh, what have you been doing? Have you seen any shows? What's what's been going on? Uh, no, no shows since actually no shows since the Sonata Arctica, but. Um, I think I'm going to be going to one in January. I can't remember what the uh, what the situation is, but no, just a lot of new releases and what uh, band. What show are you going to go to? I can't remember. Maybe I'm not going to. Maybe I'm not going to go to a show in January. Wow, dude! <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what the next show. I mean, you know what? You know what it was? No, the Dark Tranquility um, Insomnium tour was going. I, I was thinking about going to Dallas. Oh yeah. But I don't know if I want to drive that far. But anyway, that's my problem. Devin Townsend so. is um, playing. He played a couple of days ago in Austin or no, San Antonio or Dallas or something. Oh, they didn't come to Houston? They didn't, they didn't come to Houston on this tour. Couldn't make it up there? I couldn't get the time off. There's Damn like, it. I know. Austin's not that bad of a drive from Houston. It's only like an hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, but it was during the middle of the week. It yeah. Was just, no, I couldn't do it, even though I really, really wanted to, but... There might be a hint for my best of because there might be a couple of albums that came out at the same time that might be on my list somewhere. Yeah. By a gentleman named Devin. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> so um, here's something that's it's strange. It's been a very um, morbid week for remembering musicians, very, uh, morbid months. So just a couple of days ago, it was all, it was, it was uh, the birthday or the, well, the, no, not the birthday, but like the anniversary of yeah. John Lennon's death. Yeah. As well as Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Same day. Yeah. Different years, but same date. And we were going to play a little tribute, but I mean, you've probably heard so much of this. And we just wanted to, you know, take a second and, you know, say how much they meant to us, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm still a huge Beatles fan. Um, Yeah, I was too young to be a Beatles fan, but I... You listen. You don't listen to them. I appreciate what their you know their historical importance. You know. Yeah. Um, no, I don't really get around to listening to them honestly that much. I did listen to this weird, not, totally not metal at all, but a weird tribute album uh, to the Beatles recently, The Flaming Lips. Oh yeah. It's called, it's called With a Little Help from My Friends. F W E N D S. Yeah. It's the. It's a very fucking trippy album dude so it's just them doing Beatles songs yeah they do a bunch of different Beatles songs I mean there's different people that I really don't know who they are like as guests on it yeah um, but you know like Miley Cyrus is on a couple of tracks like she does like <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamond oh uh, that's interesting and it's actually it's not a bad version of it yeah when she's not trying to be Miss Pop right crazy person she actually has she some can talent actually has, she actually has a little bit of talent wow that's a first for the MSR cast right I know right <laughs> Don't quote me on that because I'll never, I'll never admit to it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what about? We'll definitely talk about Pantera. Yeah, I mean, um, we're from we're we're in the heart of Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't go to a metal show in Texas without hearing like before the band comes on, hearing Pantera over the walk. speakers. Walk. It's always walk. It's always walk. 
But um, I don't know. You know, I just I, – I don't want to reflect on that day or anything. But just like it makes you think like Pantera would have been reunited by now. Yeah. They definitely would have. All their differences would have been put aside, and we would have been, we would have seen a Pantera show come through in the past, you know, two years or something like that. That sucks. That's just one of those things where you're never going to get it back. Same thing with like, with the the, the one that really hurts is Dio for me. I mean, the Dimebag mm-hmm. thing was very shocking, but like Dio for me personally was the big one. You know, um, what made me. I think we talked about this before. It made it a little bit better for for me personally for Dio. You know. Is when we were in L.A. last year, we actually went and visited his his uh, I guess his mausoleum. Yeah, yeah. Well, where where his ashes are buried. So where's the Dimebag Monument? Because in Dallas. Okay, Dallas. Okay. I, it's next time I go to Dallas, I, I definitely have plans to go there because yeah. I've never been. Yeah. It's I have to find out. It's in a cemetery, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Another person that's really sad. It's uh, David Gold. Yeah. This one's just tragic. Because this this is this one this one, uh, I I you know you you knew him you you had done I, I had with interactions him. with him I yeah. didn't really know him but you, you had heard of the band all way longer than I had yeah I I only got into the band after he passed away oh really that's what sucks oh man so like you listen to um, the last Woods album Woods Five yeah one of the most brilliant albums I've heard in yes. the past ten years and you go no more of this. This Ever. sucks. Ever. Yeah. And that album was so melancholy and sad. And it, yeah. it, it, it's hard to listen to it sometimes because it's like, it, it almost felt like he knew. Yeah. Well, especially towards the end of the album, those last two tracks. Yeah. Like, Finality is one of those songs where I listen to it and like... Um, Do you, you sit there and weep? Well, I I need to be alone when I listen to that song, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Not that like, I bawl or anything, but it, that's a song where you don't want to have someone next to you. When you're listening to that song, I think um, the, the the last track on that album was very eerie because he's talking about driving along on a road, mm-hmm. and of course, the way he passed away was driving along on a road. He was going to his family's house, and and he, I guess, you know, there's an auto accident, something happened, and and so in the track, that's what he was talking about. The last song on the last album, and that's how he passed away. And it's just like. Ah, uh, that's so. That's so. Uh, and I, I. That's the track I tend to skip on that album. Yeah. It's a good song, but it's something you don't want to hear. Uh, so that's um, December twenty second. This is. That's that'll just, be the four year anniversary of his death. I can't believe it's so. Been so long already. It's okay. So we're gonna play a track from um, this an album that is, is it's been out for a little while now. It's um, a tribute to Woods of Ypres. Um Okay, but it's called Heart of Gold. This isn't physically out, right? You, I don't know if the physical version, but if you go to davidgoldtribute.bandcamp.com, you can actually buy the entire album for ten bucks. It's digital download. Um, so here are some of the bands that are on it. It's people that have been involved. A lot of these people have been involved with, you know, with David in, in the past. Um, you just mentioned um, Finality. There's a band called Curzers that does a song, which is Paul Kerr from November's Doom and friend of the show, William Bozarts, who's actually been a, a co-host on the show a couple of yeah. times. They do this amazing version of that song. And there's a little girl singing on it, which I think is Paul's daughter, if oh, I'm not wow. wrong. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, it, it's touching. It's yeah. a good song. Um, let's see. There's um, 
you know, pagan ritual. Ray and Joel uh, from Wood the V Pray, who are in the band, mm-hmm. right? They're they're going to be in the touring band. They were practicing for everything. Yeah. Right before the the accident happened, um, they do a version of uh, Silver. Amazing. Um, and Ray, we've been trying to get her on the show for a long time. Yeah. Because um, she's in a she has a couple bands now that she's been doing, and you know, just talked to her about her her life in metal. You know. So if you're listening to this, we need to schedule that, man. I wonder, you know, and this is just some idols, because I remember seeing his, um, at the Juno Awards that year, they won the Best Metal Album for yeah. Woods 5. It was posthumous, of course, so uh, David Gold's mom went up on stage, yes. and she was, you know, interesting lady. Um, she, you know, it was a really touching speech and everything. I just wonder, like, if anyone from the metal community has reached out to her to like maybe you know get an interview with her like you know find out about his life and who he was and stuff like that. I don't know. I I have um, had contact with his sister. Her name is Marie. Yeah. Um. I contacted her. Right. You know. Not not soon after. Um. Because I I was trying to order some stuff from them and um you know I sent her the money money because you were they were trying to she found a bunch of his his stuff that was signed already. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure I got some of that. So I have some autographed stuff from her yeah. that I paid for. And it's, yeah, I have like a seven inch of home that, that was autographed by him. Nice. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But, um, the track we're going to play is <laughs> wet leather, yeah. which is a, a catchy ass track. Yeah. And the version we're going to play is from November's doom who are definitely friends of the show for, for both shows, basically, um, MSR cast and metal geeks podcast. You know, we've had Paul and we've had Larry Roberts on, um, both shows a couple times. Yeah. Um, this song, and I'm a huge fan of the band, number one. I'm a huge fan of November's Doom. This song, I'm, I, I was so glad that November's Doom covered this one because this one has that kind of sentenced influence Yeah, that you hear so much kind of dark, sardonic humor, you know, coming to the surface. Like, it wasn't always all serious. And it will get stuck in your fucking head. Yeah, and this is such a just... I love the lyrics in this song. They're so... Uh, biting and so like, like life is nothing but so acerbic you know yeah. but, but it, it, there's sort of like a tongue-in-cheek slight element to it you know yeah so uh before we play this track let's move on and let everybody know where they can get a hold of us where they can find us um first of all if you go to www.metalgeeks.net that's your home for both of the podcast metal geeks and msr cast you can go to metalinjection.net, which has been our home for almost 10 years now. That's where that's our main home for this podcast right here. Yep. Um, find us on iTunes. Look for MSRcast or look for Metal Geeks Podcast, where both uh, both feeds will get you to the MSRcast Metal Show. Um, Twitter, at MSRcast. On Facebook, you can find us. Um, Instagram, you can find uh, more, more so Metal Geeks Podcast, but we, Metal, uh, MSRcast is on there as well. Um, and the metal pigeon. Yeah. I'm, uh, on Twitter uh, and Facebook at the metal pigeon. And you can of course go visit the blog, uh, www.themetalpigeon.com. So, um, the, usually we say keep it metal, but the last words I want to say in this episode is life is nothing but pain and piss. It's nothing that I will miss.
and piss It's nothing that I will miss Life is just pain and piss It's just temporary Life is the madness Of a drunken city night With wet leather on your back And rain dripping off your spikes Life is just pain and piss It's nothing that I will miss Life is just pain and piss And everything is a scam Life is your hopes and dreams Your expectations When your health is a full-time job And there's no vacation Life is the comfort Of a good old friend's advice Who says it's all your fault And your standards are too high Life is just pain and piss It's nothing that I will miss Life is just pain and piss And everything is a scam Life is just pain and piss It's nothing that I will miss I'm always doing something to hurt myself Just trying to feel alive And piss. It's nothing that I will miss. Life is just pain and piss, and everything is a scam. Life is just pain and piss. It's nothing that I will miss. Life is just pain and piss, and everything is a scam. Life is just pain and piss. It's nothing that I will miss I'm always doing something to hurt myself Just trying to feel alive
for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit MSRcast.com. Metal or die, let's do metal all the time. Yeah!